For all of you who don't know who Forky is, are you living under a rock? So after seeing Toy Story 4, I have decided that Forky is my spirit utensil. (laughs) And I love him. And he's amazing. Hello, and welcome to F Yeah Disney. We're your hosts, Julie and Jason. And we are here to give you an unfiltered view of all things Disney. We'll be covering events, news, history, food, and so much more. So strap on your ears, grab a churro, and enjoy today's episode of F F Yeah Yeah Disney. Disney. Welcome to FBI Disney Episode 3. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We are definitely pumped to be here, and thank you to everybody who has downloaded our first two episodes. Uh, it's always exciting to see uh, numbers we never know if we're just talking to ourselves and laughing at each other or if there's people out there, uh, actually out there listening. So thanks again for downloading our episodes. Uh, if you'd like to join in the, on the conversation, you can join us over on Instagram at FIA underscore Disney. On the Facebooks over at FBI Disney on our Facebook page, as well as uh, if you want to give us a shout out on emails, uh, you can give us a message, FBIDSNY at gmail.com, and we'll have all those links for you guys out there in the show notes page. We're also and, on Twitter. Oh, yeah, Twitter too. FBI Disney, right? FBI underscore no, Disney? FBI underscore Disney. There you go. That'll be in the show notes too. Just so like tweet. Instagram? I know. Instagram, yeah, just like, just like, just like, just like, Instagram. <laughs> just, like, just like Twitter is what I was gonna say. The Twitter is just like Twitter. Yes. Well, how are you doing this evening, Miss Julie? I am fantastic. What you drinking on? Uh, I am drinking a sip of sunshine. Mm, yummy. It is a IPA from Lawson's Finest Liquors. The liquids, not like it, whatever. Um. <clears throat> As you can tell, I've already had a couple of these. Uh, but I have a really fun story about this. I went into the liquor store hoping to, you know, get some hard seltzers or something a little healthier. Uh, not spend a lot of money on alcohol. <clears throat> and I saw these, and there was this sign that says, only one per customer. And only one four-pack, not like one single beverage. Mm-hmm. And I was like, are these like four loco? Are they insanely alcoholic? Am I going to die if I drink one of these? And the uh, alcohol content's only 8%. So I had to ask. <clears throat> and I guess they are brewed in <clears throat> a brewery. That was redundant. Um, in Stratford, Connecticut. And they distribute the beers themselves. So they don't have their own distributor. So they don't get a lot of them in. And they're apparently in super high demand because they're super delicious. Uh, so obviously I had to spend $15 on my teeny tiny little four pack of beer to try them. What, what are those, 18 ounces? Uh, a pint. Are they pint glass? Okay. So I don't know what that <laughs> math is. Hey, Siri. <laughs> <laughs> she wanted to come back on the show again. <laughs> so speaking of sip on, su- that's what it's called, sip of sunshine. 
Sip of Sunshine. And it's actually really cool because the little uh, sun on it kind of looks like the sun from Tangled. Very cute. Well, pretty soon you're here, you'll be getting a whole fire hydrant's worth of sunshine. Ugh. Get ready for it, dude. Don't remind me. Today was hot enough up here, and oh. it was like an eighth of the heat that it was down there today. Yeah, it was like a balmy 112 with the heat index. My mother today was like, why are you moving to Florida? You are not going to be able to handle that heat. And I was like, I know. That's why I'm my aware. Air, that's why we have central heat and air. Oh, I'm so excited. Because I don't even have that up here. It'd be such a luxury. That's why I brought it up, because we have it here in Florida. Mm-hmm. You know, Florida, you know. So thanks for asking, Julia. I'm drinking uh, one this <laughs> <laughs> Drinking, babe. <laughs> uh, local brewery here in town from Deland, Florida. Uh, it's called Persimmon Hollow, and uh, this one's called Beach Hippie IPA. It has one of my uh, dream vehicles, which is a 16-window uh, combi VW van with a surfboard leaning up against it. Super cool. And uh, it says, drink sensibly, but get weird. I love it. It's a really good IPA. It's uh, got... A 7.1% alcohol, and on the bitterness scale, it is a 5.7. And it's a uh, this pretty says, can. it is pretty cool, right? It says uh, cruising the beach, burning one down. The East Coast style IPA has a fruity uh, balance of malt and hops, perfect for the front porch sitting, on the beach sipping, or wherever IPs are enjoyed. Oh, is and that then, a thing we're doing? Reading the uh, little narrative on the side of our cans. Well, I'm really big on packaging. Not packages, but uh, packaging. And I love the design of this can. Well, me too. That's kind of why I went with mine, even though it was $4 million. Yeah. Mine was on sale for seven ninety nine. But my liquor store purchase got even more expensive because I was standing paying for these. Already paid for them. Like, swiped the credit card, like, ready to leave. <clears throat> and I turned to the woman who told me the story about these, and I said, if only I had the money, I'd be drinking a Hendrix martini with a lime twist tonight. And she said, well, we got this limited edition Hendrix in. The bottle is purple. Yeah. So bad. I said, so I said, cool, I will spend even more for a limited edition Hendrix than I would have on the original Hendrix. Damn it. She got you. She did. <laughs> And I was like, well, you were damn good, because I just bought $15 beer and a $44 bottle of gin. Yeah. Or uh, I think it's also, as kids say these days, Gotti. You know. Like 10 years ago. <laughs> Dude, I'm so behind on the times. <laughs> uh, so that being said, there's a shit ton of things always happen over there in the old world of Disney, and we're here to talk about it and uh, spread rumors and... Uh, have a lot of fun talking about it in the meantime. <laughs> Spread rumors. All right, now it's time for our first segment of the show. It's time for This Day in Disney. If you had it to do over again, would you do any part of it differently? Well, if I had it to do over again, uh, I think, uh, no, I don't think I would. <laughs> so on this day, June 30th, 1931, Disney's Silly Symphony cartoon, Busy Beavers, directed by Wilford Jackson, is released. And the premise of this was a group of cheerful beavers come up with the inventive ways to build a dam. But when a storm causes a flood and debris destroys their dam, a clever little beaver saves the day when he topples a large tree, 
forming a new dam to block the flood. How cute. That sounds adorable. Beavers are vicious, though. Yeah, they are a weird animal. On this day in 1966, cartoonist Carl Banks voluntarily retires after three decades of drawing Donald Duck comic books for Disney. First hired in 1936, Barks started out as an apprentice animator on the storyboards of several Donald Duck shorts. From 1943 to 1966, he wrote and drew hundreds of Donald Duck stories and created Duckburg and several new characters for the comics, such as Uncle Scrooge McDuck, Gyro Gearloose, Gladstone Gander, and the Beagle Boys. Very cool. Yeah. I like that it says that he retired voluntarily, too. Yeah. Uh, on this day, 1993, Disney acquires the independent film production house Miramax Films. From the deal, Disney will gain the rights to Miramax's library of more than 200 films and agree to finance all future Miramax productions. So, 1993, that means that Disney produced and paid for Pulp Fiction. Shazam! How about that? Whoa. Does that mean that John Travolta is a Disney princess? Probably. I mean, he was a female in freaking uh, Hairspray, so why not? Yeah, he was. On this day in 2003, singer Tony Braxton makes her debut appearance in the title role of Disney's Broadway show, Aida. This is her second starring role on Broadway, as five years ago she starred as Belle in Beauty and the Beast. I did not know that Aida was a Disney production, and that was one of my absolute favorite musicals ever. And now she wasn't the initial lead. It was Heather Hadley, who was absolutely brilliant, but she took over the role. I don't even know what the hell Aida was until I read this and you told me about it. Anybody out there who understands how amazing this musical was, maybe help me get it back on Broadway, because I'd love to see it again. If you're not familiar uh, with Aida, like myself here, uh, here according to thisdayindisneyhistory.com... Hold on. Uh, the, the description on this gives absolutely no insight as to what the musical was about at all. Oh, I should probably read it first, huh? I mean, I could give you a synopsis. See if I can remember. All right, so there is an Egyptian princess, and she is promised to a gentleman named Rodimaeus to be married. And then Rodimaeus goes on an expedition and captures the Nubian princess Aida. They fall in love. His betrothed gets very angry. She tells Rodimaeus that he needs to... I'm like giving away the whole show um that he needs to still marry the princess so that they can save her father who was captured who is the king of nubia and then at the very end they can't live without each other and get buried together in a tomb alive whoa and it's the most emotional musical ever it's not there's so many of them but it's so emotional and even listening to the soundtrack i still like just (laughs) trying to get those words out i'm like tearing up over here but yeah it's pretty intense interesting i i stopped listening after you said the word betrothed because i never heard that before so i had to look up the definition (laughs) 
And the person <laughs> definition is the person to whom one is engaged. So anybody out there that did not know what that word meant, there you go. Because Julie has a large vocabulary, unlike myself, that says pee poop and fuck all the time. <laughs> Just saying. And then I heard buried in a tomb together. I'm like, oh my god, that sounds like Romeo and Juliet, but even crazier. Yeah, it's pretty pretty intense. Oh, yeah, but the music is so brilliant. It was such a phenomenal, phenomenal musical, and the the stage production was breathtaking it was just this whole musical was amazing 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 and this is why i want it back so if we could all just sign a petition to get aida back hell yeah in the world that would be amazing well disney definitely does broadway the right way it's it's pretty amazing what they they do so i saw the lion king and i wasn't impressed i've seen the commercials for the lion king and i was impressed I think if I saw it now, I would appreciate it. But at the time, I was like a freshman in high school. And I saw it on Broadway. So, Dude, you shame do, totally on me. appreciate it. A couple drinks. You As a think. freshman in high school? No, now, I'm saying. Oh. At the ripe age of 25. <laughs> I did want to give your age away. so Because you're almost an old fart here soon. Hey, watch it. Hey, you're older than me, so I can call you. (laughs) (laughs) Mentally, yes, perhaps. Emotionally, yeah. (laughs) All right, so this day in 2005, uh, the United States Postal Service released the second set of Art of Disney stamps entitled Celebration. They feature Mickey and Pluto, Alice and the Mad Hatter, Ariel and Flounder, and Snow White and Dopey. There's a lot of ands in there. (laughs) I totally lost you there. I'm sorry. It's all good. It's all the ands. Stamps. Ah. And uh, 2011 on this day, it was, was reported that Disney was developing another film based on one of its theme park rides. Walt Disney Pictures had hired Jason Dean Hall to write the script based on the Matterhorn, a popular amusement ride bobsled ride at Disney, which is actually the first tubular roller coaster ever created. I actually There's- got to ride that. And I'm super jealous. I didn't ride it on my first trip to Disneyland and kicked myself every day. And then I finally got to ride it. And we rode it at night. And it was amazing. We actually got in line with our Fast Passes and the ride closed down. I was like, oh my god, is this going to be another trip where I don't get to ride the Matterhorn? It was really traumatizing. And there's two different tracks. So when you enter it from each side, you get a different ride. It's awesome! Well, can you guess what this movie was going to be about? Um, A Yeti expedition inside of a mountain. Uh, it says, the storyline will be about five young mountain climbers, so they're on the outside of the mountain, <laughs> scaling the Matterhorn. I knew they weren't really on the inside of the mountain. <sighs> this, unforced... ride, this, ride, this ride is fucking amazing, though. We have to go on it sometime. I need to, I need to have you experience this with me. I've been on it before uh, from watching YouTube. It's not the same. I know. Even a little bit. I watched it while I was in my bathtub, so I like slid, <laughs> slid back and forth and shit right along with the motions. It was amazing. So the storyline is about five young mountain climbers scaling the Matterhorn who have an unfortunate encounter with a Yeti and his giant scat. And if you don't know Whoa. what scat is, that uh, means poop. <laughs> <laughs> and See, uh, <laughs> his vast vocabulary of yeah. other words for poop. <laughs> my thesaurus does not exist. 
And this day in 2018, which is a year ago now, uh, Toy Story One Land opened. One year ago today. Yeah, sort of. Toy Story. Yeah, Toy Story Lands opens. Uh, theme park land based on Disney's Pixar film series, Toy Story. The 11-acre edition features such attractions as Slinky Dog Dash and Alien Swirling Saucers. Now, there's two things I have yet to do at, at uh, Toy Story Land, and I love it there. It's amazing. Uh, one is Alien Swirling Saucers. I have not yet rode. And yes, I sound like I'm slurring my S's when I'm saying this. all those S's because I have a hole in my face. <laughs> oh, is, that, is that the reason? That's the reason. And... I have yet to eat the food, and I want to get the fucking s'mores gimmick, the French toast that they have, or whatever the hell it is. So we got breakfast, and we got the breakfast tachos, which, ugh, it really just bothers me that that's what they're called. I know. they. I go, a, to a, I go to a huge rant. It's a branding on, thing. It's I like mean, the, my podcast. I know, but they could call them pot- potatoes, or literally anything else. But you're the one who like plays on words and puns. I know potatoes. Boil them, mash them, stick them in a stew. Come on. I'm just saying, potatoes makes way more sense than tachos. Tachos is really hard to say. Anyway, they were really, really, really good. Anything on top of tater tots is delicious. Almost anything. But it was like sausage gravy, and scrambled eggs and scallions. The scallions probably made it. The scallions made it. Scallions I can see make it. everything. It's yeah. the scallions and cilantro. Like yeah. the addition of either of those. It's delicious. But then we also got the um, pop tarty thing. Yeah. And then I wanted to take a picture of the other pop tart thing, and then they just gave it to me. Oh, lovely. So we got two pop tart things, but they were it was okay. So. It, we were there, I think we did Toy Story Land at Christmas, or November was still Christmas, so whichever time we were there, it was Christmas. Mm-hmm. And so they had Christmas-themed icing on them, which was a little bit disappointing, because we wanted like the the maple the maple bacon one. Did you get the ham cookie? No. What, was it in the shape of ham? No. Uh, but we did take pictures with him. Um, Same. Because there's, you know, the giant one. Uh, but they're one of the, I don't know what flavor it actually was, but it was like maple, bacon, cinnamon, sugar. I don't know. But the coating on it was maple and it was supposed to have sprinkles of bacon. But because it was Christmas time, it was like green and red with little like sugar, silvery it was snowflakes. And not I bacon. wanted, I wanted my bacon. It's the only time I will ever be against Christmas decorations. When it takes the place of my bacon. Damn you, Disney! I was. I was really upset. My biggest complaint. Really yeah, yeah. I hear it's delicious. Uh, but big... Alien, Alien Saucers was actually a really fun ride. Yeah, it looks like a blast. I just, for me, it's like the teacups. I refuse to wait in line any longer than like 15 minutes for something like that, unless I have fast passes. I have never been on the teacups. Really? Yep, because I would puke. It's fun. I, I get motion sick on those kind of things easily myself. But uh, I was with my daughter, and it was there for her birthday, and we put our cell phone in the middle of the turnstile thing. So as we were spinning in circles, our uh, cell phone stayed in place. It was fucking awesome. And then watching the video back... It made me motion sick. 
<laughs> I bet. And now you know how I feel every time you walk around your house when we're on FaceTime. I, I can imagine. Uh, but I would say the most disappointing thing for myself, and it, I just say uh, tongue-in-cheek-wise, is that all of the fucking urinals were for the size <laughs> of little kids. I, if I stood there and didn't hold my ding-dong on my hand, I would have pissed on top of the urinal. Just saying, being six foot tall. <laughs> Why don't you hold your penis when you pee all the time? No? Okay. That depends on where I'm at. If I had a penis, my hand would be on it all the time. Okay, usually when I'm at work peeing, I'm either playing Pokemon Go or I'm on the phone. So it's hands-free, like my cell phone. Except it's not hands-free because it's in my hand. So however that works. And a cell phone is not hands-free. <laughs> no. I was going to uh, say a thing. Oh, the lady, the ladies' room was quite nice. Even the theming in the bathroom was pretty awesome in Toy Story Land. However, it was not a very air-conditioned bathroom. I was very warm. Mm. But we did uh, we did rope drop for Slinky Dog. Love it. It was... Uh, okay, so I understand that the roller coaster is more geared towards, like, everyone. But when I go on a roller coaster, like, I want 100-foot drops straight down, backwards, upside down, inside out. You know. Um... But it was fun, and my favorite part was when it went over like the three little like yeah the humps like where he slinkies. Yeah, that was really cool. But <clears throat> we rode it first thing in the morning, and so our uh, not fast pass picture. What am I thinking of? Our photo pass from Your the photo ride. Pass. Yeah. There we go. Um, I you can't see my face because it's just so bright, which made me a little disappointed because it was a really cute shot. You just. Mm-hmm can't see me um and then from rope drop we went right on alien swirling saucers and then we had a 10 a.m fast pass for toy story mania so we ate our breakfast and then did toy story mania and the new entrance to toy story mania is amazing because it's lined with a fence that's made out of tinted stained there we go that's what i'm looking for stained popsicle sticks and the detail is just so incredible yeah, it's fun. And, Mr. and then there are Uno cards that hold the door open. It was just <laughs> fucking so, Toy Story World. Well, one thing about it, though, that's fun, too, is if you have the Disney Play app, uh, they have a game on there that you can play. And it uh, involves everybody that you can play up to four people or five people, I think, on it, maybe. But it's super cute and a lot of fun. It's fun to uh, um, get Can get we play? Involved. Because I'm always afraid to use my phone and have my battery die during the day. Yeah. Absolutely. Sweet. And that was a look back on This Day in Disney, June 30th, 2019. To infinity and your mom. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah. That's not right. You sure? No, that's not right. I'm pretty sure that's it. No, 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 let me show you. To insanity and a blonde. What do you even That's how it goes. Saying? No, that's how it goes. To immunity and respond. To indecency to and frequently. Hey, hey, guys, you got it all wrong. It's to infinity and beyond. All right, so we have some current news going on in the parks around the world. In Disneyland, California, they are finally getting rid of reservations for Galaxy's Edge, a.k.a. Star Wars World. Yes. Gal- um, Galaxy's Edge. But they're gonna, theirs is going to be smaller. Wait for it. I'm waiting. 
but now they are going to be utilizing a virtual queuing system, which mm. is accessible through the Disneyland app or kiosks throughout the park. So it's kind of like fast passes, but it's for entire areas of the park. So if an area is full, guests will be assigned a boarding group with a two-hour return window to come back later that day instead of just the one-hour window that they have with normal fast passes. So instead of waiting in lines, they can enjoy the rest of Disneyland or California Adventure if you bought a park hopper. Fascinating. Because I know right now they're saying that the park is actually dead because everybody freaked out and decided to stay away because they thought it was going to be crazy. And they're actually, what I hear, they're according to actually to Jim Hill, uh, Disney Dish Podcast, he was saying that he had heard that they're actually reaching out to guests that have reservations to say, hey, you guys can actually bring more than four people with you or three or whatever the limit was uh, because of how dead the parks are and they're wanting to bring people into the parks. So if you're a uh, resident of that area and you frequent that park, I guess, uh, well, n- now as we're recording, this would have been the time to go. But when this airs, it's going to be open to the public and it's going to be a clusterfuck either way. But if you're visiting Disney World when Galaxy's Edge opens up, stay away. So that no one will be there when we're there. Yes. Good idea. <laughs> Just thinking towards the future. Thanks, honey. <laughs> I try. I try. Uh, they also have Galaxy's Edge phone covers that are all really amazing. So let me pull that up because I have them somewhere. They're uh, phone covers that they're selling at uh, Disneyland? Yes. Nice. Yeah, I've been seeing some pretty cool merch coming out. Outside of that, you can buy like in the park. Besides, and just exclusively in Batu, I know they're saying that people were there was certain merchandise that was uh, people had thought was exclusive for Batu, but is actually available in Disney Springs even from what I think. From what I heard. yeah, so these uh, cases are actually available at the Star Trader in Tomorrowland in Disneyland. Okay. Yeah. But there's one, two, three, four, five, six covers. And the first one is the Black Spire Outpost, and it's got a really cool... Actually, it looks like each individual one is different. It kind of looks like... It literally looks like a smear of paint in the colors of, like, a sunset. That's the best way I could describe it. Or it's just a little bit different for the six and then the max. And then there is a Black Spire Outpost one that's kind of like more cartoony I really used to know what type of art this was when I was a graphic design student Um, but it's in like the reds and gray tones so it's really pretty like Um, like sepia or something uh, it looks a little sepia but it's like I I don't know how to describe Uh, art nouveau no that's not what I'm looking for well I'll have we'll have links in the show notes for people to check them out so you can Somewhat follow along with her description as she's just trying to paint a picture for you. Definitely not Art Nouveau. That was cute. That was, that was cute of me, though. Um, and then there is a Millennium Falcon one that is amazing. And then an R2-D2 that says Astromech Droid. <clears throat> And then one with a Millennium Falcon that says Black Spire Outpost Docking Bay 5 cleared for landing 2019 with the Millennium Falcon and Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. And it looks like the backdrop or the skyline, I guess, of Galaxy's Edge, which is really cool. 
And then there is one that's not pictured that is a stormtrooper that says Galaxy's Edge. Nice. Do any of them have like the clear uh, case so you can see your phone through the background kind of deal? No. No. None of the Disney cases do. Yeah, they do. Candace has this uh, Peter Pan case that has. From uh, Disney? Yeah, we got it in the store and it has Peter and all the kids flying in front of the Big Ben and the whole thing is clear so her case. Her rose gold cell phone that she has uh, shines through the case. Yeah, I'm going to need a case that covers up the fact that I shattered the back of my phone. Mm. Makes sense. So in Disney World, this one's a real exciting one. You guys ready? The annual pass price has increased again. I tell people that I've spent $1,000 on my annual pass. But until this year, it has not actually broken $1,000. If you renew your pass, it's only $915, but it's still $915 if you renew your annual pass. And that's for the Platinum, so that includes uh, Magic Maker and unlimited access to the park with no blackout dates. So it's still worth it, I think, anyway. Um, well, if you take $900 or 1000 bucks and you go 150 days a year, it's worth it. Even if you go less than that. If you so go basically, 10 times, okay, so <laughs> it pays for itself. So it pays for itself. So if you take a seven day vacation to Disney, we'll just go seven days because we'll throw that one out there. It cost me $450, I think, for that pass. Because uh, you like buy three days, get four free, or something ridiculous like that. Uh, and then as long as you go a second or third time, I guess now it's going to be like three times. For at least three days or more. It pays for itself. And I think I went to Disney. It will have been. Four or five times. I guess I mean I'm going to go like every day. Mm-hmm. Starting September 1st. To infinity. Um, but. I had four vacations planned. Before I was planning on moving down. So worth it and the magic maker is 120 150 150 i think 200 i don't know a ridiculous amount of money and it's the greatest thing in the entire world Mm -hmm. and that's how you got the picture hanging on your wall it's wonderful thank you Um, yeah so so something i've heard too is if uh say you go and you buy a seven day pass and you use like five of the seven days or something like that there's a certain uh thing that they make you that requirement per se um, and then you want to upgrade it to an annual pass, they'll actually prorate what you've already paid for your seven-day tickets, put it towards the annual pass, and then you just pay the difference. Funny you mention that, because as a non-Florida resident, you can't pay monthly for the annual pass, and dropping $1,000 all at once is whew, quite a lot of money. So what I'll do is I'll let my pass expire, mm-hmm. book a seven-day park hopper ticket for my stay and then once i get there upgrade to an annual pass so i get two payments of like five hundred dollars instead of a grand all at once yeah so at that point you'll be a florida resident well now but yeah. in the past understood oh also side note and this like needs to be completely cut out of the podcast but uh the other day i was talking to my mom about my new license plate and getting a florida license oh i asked her where my uh birth certificate was 
And she was like, what do you mean your Florida license? And I was like, well, within the first 30 days, I need to get a Florida license. She like freaked out. I really don't think my parents think I'm staying in Florida. (laughs) (laughs) This is, this is what I've concluded. Hilarious. Yeah, mom, I'm leaving and I'm not coming back. Anyway, so they also released video footage of the Tron coaster tracks thus far. Did I send you that link? Uh, Probably, yeah. But it looks pretty epic. Now, are they building around the track or is it going to be open? I thought it was going to be enclosed, right? Right. So the track that's up right now, from my understanding, looking at the renditions of the building, it's actually inside of the structure. And then if you go onto uh, YouTube or whatever and watch the Shanghai version, uh, you can see where the eventually the track comes out of the building and it goes out into like the concourse area, and, which is amazing. And it's a huge, big turn. And the, like it's a, it goes through kind of a somewhat of an awning, kind of tunnel-y kind of looking thing. Mm-hmm. And it like changes colors as you go through it. It's amazing, uh, but yeah, they do have a big amount of that track that's going inside the building done, which is actually the opposite of what's going on with, with uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy. Roller I was just gonna say that because the building was built before that coaster was built. Right. So it's interesting that you can see the coaster for Tron, but you can't see anything for Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, and I semi wonder if potentially it's because. The Tron roller coaster already exists. Roller coaster? Yeah, I was gonna say Tron ride, but it turned into roller coaster. So the Tron, the Tron roller coaster <laughs> is, is already existing. Now the one at Disney here in uh, Florida is supposed to be like eight feet longer, so it's gonna be the biggest Tron roller coaster. Whoa! You know, eight whole feet. Yeah. They're like, we'll slow you down faster. Yeah, exactly. We'll give you another eight feet of brakes. So, because of that, uh, and this Guardians of the Galaxy gimmick is like brand new technology, it's probably going to blow the socks off of any of the Harry Potter coasters at Universal, the technology that they use for those guys. Um, so, I'd be kind of curious to see, because... Uh, Them be fighting words. I'm just saying, dude. They went up each other. It's a beautiful thing when oh, it's you amazing. Have two theme parks that are like, oh, yeah, fuck you, we're better. And then they're like, oh, yeah, fuck what you, we're better. What did you just do? You know you just like moved me so you're not even in the frame, right? Yeah, I'm in the frame. I can see myself. My phone so was about glad. to fall off the table. But now with the whole Hagrid's uh, motorbikes and the Fantastic Beast of the uh, Imaginary Wizarding Worlds of Harry Potter's <laughs> That's Whatever the exact, hell it's called. That is exactly what that ride is called. Good job. <laughs> and, there, and there are 600 minute waits. Um, it's kind the, of, uh, people People waited 10 hours for that ride. They, they're not opening up until noon because they want to make sure that everybody who is in line for it, they've been keeping the park open. Well, I guess not really the park open, but they've been keeping the ride open past hours to make sure that everybody gets to ride it. So now they're not opening it up until noon so that they can do maintenance on the ride. That's how popular this ride is because us Harry Potter fans are nuts yeah all the things i would wait in line for 10 hours for was one or is i should say one a substantial amount of money being handed to me and two the birth of my children other than that i mean why would you be waiting in line for the birth of your children though well you know it was a virtual queue (laughs) (laughs) 
So what else is going out there in the world of Disney? I'm just saying, if we go ride Hagrid's ride and it's a 10-hour wait, you're waiting with me. That's fine, as long as you feed me water and food. <clears throat> no comment. I'm sure we can find ways to pass the time in line for that ride. <clears throat> um, Disneyland mm-hmm. Paris, they released blueprints or images or something for Marvel Land. Yeah. So did you know that by law... Uh, they have to release what is going to be built in a structure sense uh, of any kind of public domain in France, I believe. It's all of France. And so Disney is uh, known for, you know, coming up with these blue sky pictures and then kind of sort of get to that eventually in terms of what they build. Uh, and with this, all these additions going on in Paris, uh, they they created a generic kind of landscape blue sky pictures at, not only blueprints, but also um, in a sense of the renditions and what have you. Not showing what's going on specifically inside, but like the Spider-Man ride, for instance, that they're putting in. Uh, they showed like the track layout. All right. Yes. <clears throat> but I think it's cool that they have, they have to show things. Disney cannot keep secrets. In France, Disney also I mean, they also can't I, enforce uh, their their cast member rules of their look because of the Constitution in France. So I could have tattoos and nails. I don't know, but I know that uh, they tried making people cut their hairs and shave their faces and stuff. I mean, I did know that if I get a job at a bakery anywhere, including Disney Paris, I will have to get rid of my nails. Mm-hmm. And that is a sacrifice I am willing to make for a dream job. <clears throat> Anybody looking for a baker, a candlestick maker, or a, uh, what's, what's the other one? Oh my God, what is it? <laughs> There's two that start with a B and a candlestick maker. What's the other one? A butcher. Butcher, thank you. Good God almighty. The first detailed look at part of the multi-year Walt Disney Studios park expansion has been revealed as Disneyland Paris teases a new concept image for the Marvel reworking of the park's existing backlot. Depicting a view of the future land as if it stood between the current restaurant de stars and Armageddon. Oh god. Les effects spéciaux. Q. The artwork includes numerous clues towards the future heroes taking on the restaurants and attraction buildings. I don't know if I pronounced those French word correctly, but I don't think I did. Sounded good to me. Wee oui, wee. Oui. So yeah, the, the whole the whole expansion of uh, Disney Paris is pretty badass. With oh. The, yeah. I guess they're uh, repurposing the rock and roller coaster to be centered around Iron Man. Oh, is that in our Disney? No, no, that's Disney Paris. Okay. Apparently, Ant Man will also be featured in the restaurant de stars. And Armageddon will see its demise for major reworking into a Spider Man centered experience. Yes. That's fun. So, oh my god, I can't wait to go to Disneyland Paris. So initially, because there's a Spider-Man ride that's going to be going, I believe, to Disneyland California eventually, or California Adventure. Um, 
California Adventure League. Yeah, that one too. So I, I su- uh, supposedly <laughs> some of the initial re- uh, renditions of that ride of the of the Iron Man exp- or the uh, Spider Man experience would be like this swinging swinging catapulty kind of uh, pendulum gimmick. Oh my god, that sounds terrible. That you'd be in, and the ground would be a gigantic digital projected kind of screen. So cool. when you're going over it, you would look down as if you're like 30, 40 stories up. Ooh. And what they that were. It sounds excruciating. It sounds fucking amazing. But put, I mean, it does. But for those that have motion sickness issues, which I get. And uh, fear of heights. They had to kind of dumb it down a little bit. And for all the pussies out there. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to still ride that shit. <laughs> Fuck you. You're a tough pussy. Had a girl. <laughs> <laughs> but, but <laughs> <laughs> Good lord. so for people that were uh you know there's a lot of people have motion sick issues and blah 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 so they've actually kind of dumped this ride down to be more like toy story mania uh but instead of using the guns to shoot the screens with you're going to be probably swinging back and forth somehow or other and uh, shooting webs at the screens instead that's cool so it'd be kind of fun and there was at one point there was a uh patent or some kind of thing that was pulled from disney Applied for, at least. Uh, like a Captain America shield shooter kind of gimmick, too. So I don't know if that was maybe like the original idea for what they were going to do with this Spider-Man ride that they end up turning the Spider-Man thing into the Captain America concept initially. I'm kind of curious. But myself, personally, I probably would have been nauseous on this swinging back and forth craziness of uh, looking like you're 100 stories up. But I think this technology is pretty cool, just thinking that they could actually follow through with that kind of thing. I really miss Stan Lee. Yeah, don't we all, honey? That is for sure. Yeah, I went there. All right. (laughs) Sorry, you're talking about Captain America's shield and Spider-Man. All right, next in Disneyland Tokyo, they have a find Forky treasure hunt. For all of you who don't know who Forky is, are you living under a rock? So after seeing Toy Story 4, I have decided that Forky is my spirit utensil. (laughs) And I love him. And he's amazing. And there is a Forky treasure hunt in Disneyland Tokyo. Cute. Uh, So it's actually really cool. There's a whole bunch of Toy Story 4 themed food. And they have... Uh, some souvenir coasters and some toys that are specifically to the Tokyo Disney Resort, which is super, super awesome. So looking at the pictures, they have a Bo Peep raspberry mousse cake that's really cool. So it's this raspberry mousse that's supposed to be like her dress. And then Bo Peep is actually drawn out in like piped out in chocolate. And stuck into this moose. And then there's her little staff. Staff? Hook? Cane? Is that what it's called? Something, yeah. Staff. All the, all the above. Uh, my favorite is the next one because it's really hilarious. And I need to send you this picture because I need you to understand how ridiculous this is. Um, I don't know if you're going to be able to look at it. You can see it on your iPad though, right? Mm-hmm. But it is a special set with pork cutlet, sausage on the bone, and rice. So this meal is woody. It's basically rice in a woody mold. 
but right next to it is the sausage. So just the way the sausage is placed is super ridiculous. It's like um, it's like Woody's got a Woody. <laughs> basically, uh, it's I'm pretty so hilarious. Five years old. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you are, and this is why. Um, my mental maturity is older than yours. But again, that's exactly what I thought when I saw it too and giggled to myself. Um, they have a milk mousse with orange mango cream, which is really cute. It has a little um, white chocolate piece with Billy Goat and Grim. Billy Goat's Grim? Is that what they're called? Billy Goat? I don't know what the third goat's called. Um, but they are girls. Her sheep or her are they goats? Sheep? Did I say goats? Yes, they are not. Yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't call them goats. They're just the names of them are Billy Goats Grim and Grim. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. And it's a three-headed sheep. Yes. Interesting. Um, and then next is a strawberry mm-hmm. mousse with a souvenir plate, and the souvenir plate is really cool. It says, "I can't read it. Hold on, I gotta get real close." I played at Tokyo. Disneyland Resort, I think, is or Tokyo Disney Resort is what it says. And they have some cute souvenir cups with some super funky drinks. Oh, actually, one is a shaved ice smoothie, which is really nice. And one is a strawberry jelly melon soda. Hmm. But they come in cute little souvenir cups. My favorite is the one that the shaved ice comes in because there's Forky on it. The other one doesn't have Forky. So speaking um, of uh, melon soda... The Coca-Cola uh, sample cool house gimmick, whatever the hell that place is called, mm. uh, that you know, they have a melon soda that's in there. That is my. I bet it's this melon soda. It's my go-to. When I just I like I'll go in there and get a sample if I'm craving a soda, and I'm uh, there at the park. That's where I. Is it? I really like the Beverly. Beverly's okay. I agree. That's a good one, but. I usually want to. It's soda a very nice palate cleanser. Because see, I'm not, I'm going for like the instant sugar. This shit is just too rich and sweet flavoring stuff, which I know you're the opposite of. <laughs> Give me salty. Give me tart. Uh, they have an alien candy case, which is super cute. Nice. And then they have a forky candy case, which is really cute because it's like one of the trash cans with a little forky hanging off of it. Super adorable cute candy case like a case that you put candy in correct okay just just clarify and then they have a ham candy case which is like on a little lanyard and it's ham and it's adorable and then they have a souvenir cup that has forky on it and that's all that matters who cares what else is on it just kidding it's like a uh like you know the wooden blocks that they used to have that you could like build things with uh, terrible description. Tinker toys? No, they were literally wooden blocks. Oh yes, I know what you're talking about. Yes. Um, and then the aliens and Woody and Rex and the claw, which is super cute. Um, and then they have souvenir coasters that are really cute. They look like they piece together, like you know the. It's actually in my living room right now. But the little uh, foam like floor tiles that mm-hmm. link together like little puzzle pieces. Yep. All the souvenir coasters are like that. So there's six different ones that are really cute. And you get them for like five bucks with purchase of a drink. So if you buy them but, all, can you put them together and make it like one big coaster? 
Yep. Like a, uh, like you'd have to buy like three more because they only sell six of them. So you'd have to have duplicates of something to make a square. But yes. Groovy. Or only buy four and make a square. I mean, that's cool too. Um, and then at the hotels, you can get this really cute, uh, it's a pineapple cake and tea and coffee set, um, but it comes with a little teeny tiny forky and woody. I don't know if it's chocolate or just a little stand that comes with it. And then they have a Bo Peep dessert as well. And shaved ice that comes with uh, Gabby Gabby on it. Which is super cute as well. So that's what's going on in Tokyo Disney. All things Forky. Hey, Fork you, huh? (laughs) (laughs) And then in Tokyo, Shanghai, the Zootopia Land is set to be open on Shanghai Disney's fifth anniversary in 2021. So we're going to save up and go. Hell yeah. Not just for that, but for everything else about Shanghai. Obviously, but it's a good uh, time frame to save for. Yeah, and, and like our last episode, we discussed it being the third anniversary. So it's pretty uh, it's pretty cool. How's that? exciting. Already expanding. I can't wait for it. But yeah, the Zootopia Land looks pretty rad. It's a lot of... And for- like, let's just talk about Shanghai Disney expanding because it's already massive. Yeah, ex- that's what I'm saying. It's crazy, that and they have more room for more stuff around it. So, we'll see what happens down. You know, in the future, they've put in Marvel. I mean, who knows? But uh, from what I understand, this land is going to be uh, like a four D experience without without three D glasses. I believe, kind of like what they're doing for Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. Say that fast. I'm sorry. Times. So this land is going to be like four D. Like the the ride, like you're going to be able to main, walk through it. The main <laughs> e-ticket experience that you're going to have in Zootopia Land. Yeah, it's supposed to be. <coughs> I'm sorry. So when you walk through, you're actually going to be able to see things and smell them and experience them. Yep, they're going to have virtual birds flying over you, and they will crap on you. Perfect. Hell yeah. But yeah, so it's supposed to be like a. I think it's a Nick and Judy kind of concept where you're like in their patrol car with them and you're going through an adventure through the town as they're chasing bad guys and stuff, you know, some, some kind of gimmick of that sort. But for me personally, what I think is the cutest thing of all this is all the new ears you're going to be able to buy for all the different animals and characters for the <gasps> oh park God, in I that land. I think of that. Yeah. I'm excited for it. Everybody. Oh my God. That's going to be amazing. I know. I'm going to probably have gazelle ears. Yes. And then, uh, me and, uh, Shakira. We'll be out there singing some songs. Uh, 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 oh. You know. Just like that. Oh, yeah. Why weren't you one of her backup singers? I was. What are you talking about? <laughs> I wasn't supposed to tell anybody. <laughs> that's how I know you. Oh, that's all coming to me now. They really auto-tuned me. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it's going to be super cute. I'm excited. But also, I think what, what's cool with this is a lot of times the, the parks over in uh, Asia typically wait for some uh, for Disney at another location to do a ride. They see how it is, and then they adapt it into their parks. or they exp- <laughs> And make it better. Right, expound upon it. But this is something new, and there's been talks going on for a long time uh, about Rafiki's uh, adventure thingy train gimmick over Planet at... Planet Watch? Yeah, that one. Uh, Animal Kingdom uh, potentially being turned into some space to do... 
uh, Zootopia Land. And I know that they, it's, it's now... They actually reopened Planet Watch. Yeah, it's a seasonal kind of thing for uh, what have you. Well, the, the actual building itself never closed because it's a veterinarian hospital for the property. Well, yeah, but you can't go to it. But right, time. so the, the train didn't go out there. But, you know, just imagine the same way they do Hogwarts Express, that they could do that same kind of concept with the train taking you out Ooh, to Zootopia, to Zootopia <gasps> with all the windows being done. And you can see all the cool-ass, like, you know, you go through the rainforest and all the different environments with the sprinklers and shit they have. And then all of a sudden, bam, you're in, like, their fucking downtown big, gigantic city of some sort. And then you pull to the train station, and then you get out, and then you're in some kind of something, whatever it might be, that they would take you to. Sounds like the greatest ride ever. I should be in Imagineer. Ending up in some sort of something. Dude, I end up in some sort of somethings <laughs> all the time. You have no idea. <laughs> I can imagine. Uh, that's what keeps me strong and going. <laughs> so next, in Disneyland Hong Kong... Uh, they had some castle updates, so they released a picture of, like, the blueprints, in a sense, of what they're doing with the castle, and it's really absolutely incredible, and it's all so different, and somehow it all works as this cohesive piece. Menagerie. And I'm really excited. I'm really excited to see how it turns out, and it was actually really cool, because on the website, they had the silhouettes of all the castles. And, like, how tall they stood and all that fun stuff. And so this silhouette was sort of thrown into the mix, which is really cool. Yeah, it's exciting. I'm, I'm going to uh, make sure we have a link for the rend- the actual rendition uh, blue sky picture that they painted to show what it's, the future will look like. And then we can put the link in there for uh, what you just talked about. Word. And then also, Hong Kong Disneyland is trying to be cool like Disney World and increased the cost of their annual pass by 3%. Hey, one in Rome. Or one in Disney. (laughs) 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 One in the Italy Pavilion in Epcot? Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. Um, But what were you saying? That an annual pass costs something like 128 American dollars, so 3% is going to be like two more dollars or something ridiculous like that yeah that is not true it's gonna be like four more dollars but from what i hear yeah it's like a 120 american dollars roughly for an annual pass in hong kong and they say the main reason why is because uh, the hong kong park is a weekend park for the locals there so the weekdays you go and it's like super empty because you can take a taxi like i, I think i'm about to say it in the past episode uh, how there are taxis that they leave the airport there they have three different routes that they take to leave exits wise and one of those exits goes to Hong Kong Disneyland. So if you have a layover in Hong Kong, you can go spend uh, half a day at the park, eat all the different popcorn flavors and get the food and ride the rides and go through the mazes and stuff. And then uh, and for the same price, actually less than what it costs to go to Magic Kingdom for a day, you can go to Disneyland Hong Kong all year. Yeah. So you got to buy a one-way ticket there, though. Because round trip's probably about 2500 bucks. Who knows? But it's so, I doubt it would, it's that expensive to fly to Hong Kong. Hey, Siri. <laughs> <laughs> See, she can't hear you because you're in my headphones. But if I were to say, hey, Siri, how much does it cost to fly to Hong Kong Disney? She still doesn't listen. Yeah. Hey, Siri. How much does it cost to fly to Hong Kong? 
I well, I mean, to fly from Seoul to Hong Kong <laughs> is only $127, but that doesn't help us. Nice. I'm finding some uh, tickets here for $424 for round-trip tickets. Okay, so round-trip tickets for the two of us, including annual passes for the two of us, is less than one annual pass okay, for so, Disney World. So from Orlando to Hong Kong, if we took uh, Air Emirates, it's one day and four hours. That's it? It takes to get God, there. That sounds awful with the connecting flight um where's the connecting flight and how long uh i didn't say i can tell you right now we should honeymoon in disneyland hong kong is dbx uh dubai it i is, believe so. it is so uh, uh so if you want oh my god and we would get a layover in dubai so if you yeah so for a round trip ticket from orlando to hong kong uh it would take you one day and uh, whatever, 50 minutes. Well, it basically says 28 hours and 10 minutes with one stop of a layover of six hours and five minutes in Dubai. Uh, you would leave Orlando at 2.10 p.m. That extra five minutes is crucial. Yes, it is. But you would leave Orlando at 2.10 p.m. and arrive in uh, Hong Kong roughly around 6.20 a.m. The next day. The next day, give or take two hours. For uh, nine fifty <laughs> per person, or for two of us. Yeah, per person. I thought you said it was like four fifty round trip. Oh, that was one of the gimmicks. All right, that's all I got. No. Oh. Well, there you go. How about that? Oh my God. So, Miss Julie, you saw Toy Story last night, or last night, or two nights ago, whatever it was, uh, and uh, yesterday afternoon, but technically last weekend, if we're talking about when this podcast is released. Yes. And you will have seen it by the time this episode comes out, right? I will, which means on our on our next episode, uh, we'll be doing a full recap, talking about this movie, full of spoilers, just to give you a heads up. So make sure you see Toy Story four before the next episode. That way you can listen and uh, join in the fun banter that we have as we discuss everything about the movie. I'm super excited to see it. and uh, I can't wait to see it again. I bet. So something that's fun, though, with this uh, movie is that they, on opening night, which was technically Thursday night, uh, they made $12 million and uh, were on track for $1.7 million. But by the time that this movie debuted over the weekend, so far they've uh, grossed $118 million which is fantastic. Uh, they had predicted that this was going to potentially outdo uh, The Incredibles 2, which at the time was uh, Disney's, I believe it was their highest grossing Pixar film, uh, animated film. Well, if it's Pixar, it's animated, obviously. But uh, <laughs> yeah. so it's pretty badass. And what I think is fun with Toy Story is that a lot of us uh, didn't know we actually needed a fourth movie because typically in a movie sense... It's a trilogy if they're going to do more than one. Uh, rarely do they do four, unless it's like James Bond or something like that. And or stupid, stupid, stupid Indiana Jones. Or Pirates of the Caribbean. Ugh. Ugh. Or Star Wars. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Star Wars is amazing. Give us more. I thoroughly enjoyed Dead Man Tell No Tales and all the Pirates movies before that. Just because... Okay, but... But the fact that they're going to make more Pirates movies without Johnny Depp 
that's taking it too far. But it's like the Star Wars movies doing it without freaking Han Solo and uh, Luke Skywalker. I mean, there's other characters that they had to do movies about. No. So this one's going to be continuing because if you stayed till the very end credit scenes and saw the after credits of Dead Man Tell No Tales. I uh, still haven't seen it. You would see Elizabeth Swan in bed with her hubby. Uh, um, uh, Orlando Bloom. Yeah, what's his character? Uh, William? No, that's a different movie. Uh, Legolas. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, what's his name? Hold on, I'm trying to... Turner, Bill Turner. Yeah, Will Turner. Bootstrap. Yeah, his name is William. Yeah, William, yeah. I was going to say, I sounded right. So yeah, so then... So th- if you haven't seen the movie, you're about to get the end credits spoiled because what it showed was... Or no, his dad was Bootstrap Bill. Yeah, he was... Bo- his, his last name was Turner. Yeah, Will Turner. Was he? Yeah, because remember he says to Elizabeth Swan, Will Turner! And then he like passes back out. What? Yeah, in the opening sequence of uh, number two where Elizabeth Swan's a kid and she's singing the Pirates of the uh, Yo-Ho, Yo-Ho songy. And then all of a sudden they find like the... Uh, that was not the very first one, I believe. And yeah, it was at the beginning of the first one. And they find the remnants, and then they bring the kid on the ship. And Okay, so I need your help. So there was a song, and they took it off the ride, and it makes me real angry. Um, and I can't find it because I want it for my soundtrack for my life. Which ride? Um, Pirates of the Caribbean. What re- I'm just asking. Literally what we're talking about right now. And it was, okay, so you go and you see Barbosa through the smoke, mm-hmm. and you go down the little waterfally thing. And the next area is like a mermaid skeleton or just a skeleton right and they play the song of the sirens on the side of the rocks what is it it was a song of the sirens i used to play is that what it's called i don't know if that's what it's called but that's what it was because they had a mermaid effect that was in the water and it would uh show like a projection on the surface of like mermaids swimming by and they would do a little splash in the water which uh, never worked so they stopped using it my favorite song ever yeah, where they all come out of the water and they're singing to the pirates and they seduce them in. It's pretty good shit. But, uh, so in the uh, end credits of Dead Man Tell No Tales, Will Turner and Elizabeth Swan are laying in bed. Or maybe Elizabeth Turner at this point. I'm not sure if they're married yet. Uh, but uh, they're sleeping and you hear some footsteps, which sounds like a peg leg on the floor as it slowly creeps into the bedroom. And then William Turner sits up and sees seaweed on the ground. I love that you keep calling him William Turner. Like, you can't just call him Will. No, William. <laughs> no, I mean, you keep saying his last name, too. Like, you can't just be Will. Will Turner. Will Turner. The greatest swordsman in town. In tor- in Elizabeth tor- and Will Turner. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so... So uh, Davy Jones ends up walking into their room and leaves a little bit of seaweed behind, which means that maybe he's still alive. The ghost of him, at least. So they're going to expand upon it, I'm sure. We'll see what happens. They may not. Who knows? But at least that movie gave us some closure on Barbosa and his character and his storyline. That's and, cool. Uh, I didn't see it, so I don't know. It showed Johnny Depp as uh, Sparrow being a young wee lad. Like, he looked like a... On 21 Jump Street, back in the day. For those who who remember that show. 
Well, some new other things uh, going on in the world of Disney with Marvel is uh, recently Marvel Entertainment announced that they were going to be canceling, I believe it was about 60 days uh, out of a brand new series of comics that they were going to be releasing that were X-Men related. Uh, anything in that whole universe in the Marvel world. And what they're going to, I guess, behind the scenes, what I understand they're doing is they're actually going to be rewriting the canon for uh, the X-Men to begin to reintroduce them into the MCU. And there's uh, some different theories out there of why they're doing this and how they're going to be doing it. Um, but I mean, the theory of why is because we acquired Fox and we get to have the X-Men now. Right, and like uh, the Dark Phoenix that just came out tanked in the theaters. It's because so. I didn't go see it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. I didn't want to see it without you. Hey. We'll see what happens. Uh, but there's a series of comments that are going to be coming out. They're going to be reintrodu- reintroducing the uh, X-Men into the world, uh, as well as Fantastic Four. And some of the talks are actually that the Fantastic Four potentially uh, might be getting a TV series uh, on the My issue with the Fantastic Four is that Chris Evans there. was originally in the Fantastic Four, and then he was Captain America. So I understand that they recast the Fantastic Four and came out with a new movie that I didn't see because I didn't care. They were all terrible. But Pretend they never existed. I I try, but Chris Evans was two different superheroes in the same universe and that still bothers me but technically it's not the same universe because we have the mcu and then you have fox that owned the okay but if you're talking comics same universe yes but in the cinematic universe fantastic four has not been introduced yet so they might but be. once they introduce it, Chris Evans was still both characters. <laughs> so that being said, uh, it looks like they're going to be recasting Wolverine as well. And No! I object. They're going to have to. I mean, do they have to? <coughs> Hugh Jackman's already said he's done playing Wolverine. Well, do we believe him? I do because of the physical whatever calamity he has to go through. And the word calamity I've gotten from the new uh, Harry Potter's, Potter Wizards United. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're so amazing. But they, uh, but he's he said this the physical nature of what it takes for him to get in shape for that role. He just cannot sustain it. Well, he could just be like the Thor of the Wolverine world. But Wolverine doesn't get fat because of his healing factor. Uh, he might get fat. You don't know. He doesn't, he heals quickly, but he also dies, so. I wonder if he digests food like a bat, because I heard the other day that a bat digests food. It goes from its mouth to its anus within 20 minutes. Isn't that amazing? Which is one reason in theory that bats don't fart. Because they digest (laughs) food so fast, they don't have a chance to build up anything. Isn't that wild? So anyways... We'll be pretty curious to see uh, how this happens, especially with you know with Netflix having these episodes of uh, Daredevil and Jessica Jones, which is in season three right now, and uh, Luke Cage, uh, freaking uh, Punisher, you know all all these series that were and uh, Iron Fist, 
that were amazing. And I'm wondering if they're going to bring them back into the Disney Play or Disney Plus uh, show streaming service as a unit as the Defenders or if they're going to bring them back as individual shows. So only time will tell. But I'm pretty sure that the X-Men will be on the back burner for at least the next five years while they redevelop their character lines within the comic book genre uh, for the storylines. Which I think is a pretty good way to do it. And there's a series I'm looking at here on uh, Twitter. Uh, it's called The Powers of X, which comes out July 2019. Uh, it says, Fear the Future. The picture looks like the, okay. the Dark Phoenix and um, Apocalypse having a makeout session. Yeah, it's got uh, Mephisto they have a picture of. I'm just looking at all the hashtags. So I'm not sure if the Powers of X might actually be like a bad guy synopsis on a storyline within the Marvel universe. So it's it's recently been uh, announced <laughs> that Kevin Feige uh, said that they have actually approached Keanu Reeves uh, to play a role in every single Marvel film that they've made since day one. And uh, recently have approached him to do another film. And with his John Wick series, is that John Wick, right, that he's been doing? Um he couldn't do anything within the end game. So they have approached him about coming on board to play a character of some sort. And I'm really curious to see where this could go because he's has said that he would do it. But then at the same time, uh, you kind of figure out like, okay, where in the hell in the world of MCU is Keanu Reeves going to fit as a character? Where in the world is Carmen Sandiego? Mm -hmm. All I could think of was you were saying that. I'm sorry. It's okay. I was in the same boat. (laughs) 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 So did a little research, did some looking around, see what's going on there. And uh, according to Forbes... Uh, they had a couple ideas on five different characters that Keanu Reeves potentially could play. Now, one of the new movies coming out in the MCU is going to be The Immortals, and Keanu Reeves, from what I understand, has been approached uh, to play one of the characters in The Immortals. And The Immortals are basically uh, gods uh, within the, the world of the MCU, uh, like they were in like the Roman days. Um, but according to Forbes, let me get down here. For those that know... The Marvel Universe. Uh, the first character they talked about him potentially playing is Namor, the Submariner, which is basically the Aquaman of the Marvel Universe. Yeah. Not sure how. I bet he'll be better than actual Aquaman. Uh, the second character they talk about is him playing Galactus, which <laughs> potentially could be a cool thing, but. Uh, I don't really know because Galactus has to be introduced slowly into the MCU uh, for him to have this big reveal or a big part in the in the roles of the films. Same way they had it with uh, Thanos and his slow introduction, and then eventually became a big character in the the realm of the Marvel space as a villain. Uh, one idea that I'm excited about, which is uh, going to be a character that will be released here pretty soon into the MCU, is Adam Warlock. Uh, he was teased at the end of Guardians of the Galaxy. Two, I believe it was number two. 
maybe one. I guess it was number one. I get him com- back. I get him confused. Uh, but at the very end of the end credits of that movie, uh, they showed a character of some sort that was inside of like a golden cocoon, uh, which was Adam Warlock, and he's like a genetically created uh, character. Oh yeah, so he was at the end of the first Guardians of the Galaxy. So that'd be pretty cool. Uh, another one they recommend potentially could, uh, a character called Moon Knight. Uh, Moon Knight is uh, has been teased in Captain America movies already, and uh, the character uh, Moon Knight says whose strength and endurance and reflexes are enhanced depending upon the phases of the moon. He started out. That sounds really cool. Right. He started out as a villain, but eventually uh, used his powers for good. And the number five is Ghost Rider, and uh, Ghost Rider, I don't see him playing that character. Uh, only because Ghost Rider has only been, already been established as a character within uh, the TV series of S.H.I.E.L.D. And Ghost Rider uh, has been casted and has continued the story of uh, going from Johnny Blaze passing the powers down uh, to Robbie Ray's, uh, which is played by actor Gabriel Luna. Remember when I thought Ray's and Blaze were the same name? Yeah, like seven hours ago. <laughs> God, it really was a really <laughs> long time ago. So I'd be kind of curious to see, because Keanu Reeves could play potentially a lot of different characters within the MCU. Uh, I've always been a big fan of Keanu Reeves. I remember in eighth grade, we walked down to the local movie theater and watched Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure in the movie theater. And I never got the 69 joke until I was about 18. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> But I've always been a big fan. And then uh, The Matrix came out, and I got a chance to see Keanu Reeves as... Uh, playing a guy that could actually do some kind of action of some sort. Hated the Matrix movies. Oh. I didn't hate them, but I didn't think that they stood up to the hype. They weren't bad movies, but they were not as good as everybody made them out to be. Number one, I saw eight times in the movie theater. Dear Lord, that's how many times I saw The Greatest Showman. Really? No, I only saw it seven times. I saw it once. So good. How could you only see it once? Because my time is limited. And then I watched it on my TV afterward, and it just wasn't the same without that like Dolby Digital surround sound. Yeah, it's a great film. But yeah, The Matrix is pretty cool. So I'm pretty sure Keanu Reeves at some point in time will make an appearance within the MCU as an actor uh, playing some sort of villain or something. And I hope it's a character he plays that will be a character that will be uh, at least live throughout the f- the fourth phase of the MCU. And not be built up during one movie and killed like Darth Maul. Mm-hmm. So other than that, um, that's pretty much what I understand that is going on out there in the world of Disney and some fun things happening. Besides, of course, uh, Galaxy's Edge is about to go open to the public. And then we have uh, it opening up here at WDW here at the end of August which basically the day we're driving you down to Florida will be the day that Galaxy's Edge opens. Mm, it'll be a couple of days before we drive me down. Yeah, and we won't be going there, but we'll be going to Animal Kingdom. Nope, we won't be there. It'll be Epcot that day we get down to Disney. Oh, you have it all planned out. I'm just following. Well, it was going to be Animal Kingdom, but I'm not flying down to visit you for a weekend. We're oh, moving me, so... True, true. The following day was Epcot Day, and then hopefully a Magic Kingdom Day on Monday. Yeah, so you can see Happily Ever After for your first time. Mm-hmm. I'm so excited. Yeah, me too. 
Me too. So yeah, so other than that, uh, right now we're in the in-between seasons at the parks uh, between Food and Wine and Flower and Garden that just ended. Uh, I think between th- Flower and Garden and Food and Wine? Yeah, that too. And then it's also uh, kind of dead there because people are waiting for Galaxy's Edge to open. I did a lap around the World Showcase uh, the other day, and it was about 97 degrees out. I had stopped at uh, America and got an amazing beer. It was a pineapple, uh, some kind of something, something that actually tasted like pineapple. It was really good. Maybe pineapple shandy, perhaps? Yeah. I don't think shandy. Shandy would mean that it was like lemony, right? Yeah. Well, Citrusy? Yeah. I guess. It was uh, some kind of pineapple, like IPA-ish kind of gimmick. It was yummy, though. But it was definitely a thousand fucking degrees walking around the World Showcase. And there's days at Epcot when there's no breeze and it is just stifling. It's like I've been there and it feels like you're walking into a wall of air and it's pushing back at you. Mm -hmm. And it's awful. Then you have a panic attack and your best friend goes to get you seats at the La Clave so you can drink margaritas and forget there's crowds of people and lots of humidity. Oh, nice. Well, that day I was there, there was nobody there. Uh, it was also the, the first day I was able to download and play uh, Harry Potter's Wizards Unite, which was a lot of fun. And having now played Pokemon Go for the last three and a half years, I think it's been, maybe three years, uh, it's been fun to see the, the change in a new game to be able to play in the parks. Uh, not only you know have I been playing Pokemon around the neighborhoods and what have you, in the rural areas of the world, but getting a chance to play in the parks uh, is allowed me to level up and uh, become a level 40 instinct trainer that I am. Yeah, cool. Way to rub it in. Thanks. You're welcome. Soon enough, you'll be able to do the same thing. Oh my god, I can't wait. With both games. And in future segments, we'll be it's... we'll be talking about this kind of stuff and some strategies to uh, kind of put together when you're playing games in the parks. It's nerve-wracking trying to play both games. You have to remember that you have to switch back and forth between the two for all the Pokestops and the inns the and Harry Potter. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's interesting. I took my dog for an hour and a half walk today, and normally that walk takes me like a half an hour. Yeah, the only difference between the two games uh, that I find that one is better than the other is that with Pokemon Go, you can keep walking. You don't have to stop necessarily. Unless you're battling in a gym where the Wizards Unite, you have to stop. You can't leave a space. It is what See, it is. See, now, I have seen the opposite because in Pokemon Go, I have to be in my little, like, radius mm-hmm. to catch Pokemon or anything. And with Wizards Unite, even if whatever it is that appears is outside my range, I can still click on it and get it. I don't know what it's called in Harry Potter's Wizards Unite. Cast spells. You don't you don't catch things. Yeah, you go uh, cast spells. Recover recover them? Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, we're still learning the terminology for this game. <laughs> they're Clearly. they're confoundables. They are. And nope, never mind. No, oh, okay. But yeah, it's it's a lot of fun to get to play in the parks and uh gives you a chance, especially during like community days and what have you. To uh, get a chance to mingle with all your fellow nerds and see them. I'm still learning about all this because I played Pokemon Go for the first, like, two months that it came out. And then stopped for three years. And then you met me. And then I met Jason. And I dusted off my Pokeballs. 
and he's teaching me all the things. Mm -hmm. Lots to learn, my young Padawan. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but the same thing with the Harry Potter. Like you know, you're helping me out with that, even though I've I've uh, surpassed your level in the game. Oh, fuck you! No, you have not. <laughs> but you know, that would be fighting words. So it's exciting times in the world of online uh, phone gaming, what have you. So it's gonna be curious to see the uh, way that these communities begin to grow even more so with the Harry Potter folks. I mean, if anything, I mean, I know it's outside of Disney, but get to go play the Harry Potter's United over in Hogwarts at uh, in Diagon Alley at Universal. I wonder if it's gonna. What was any of those words that just came out of your <laughs> I mouth? I wonder if they have anything special. I'm, I'm going to just say words that are associated to Harry Potter, and we'll see if anybody notices that I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Hogsmeade and... and Hogwarts and Diagon Alley. Yes. They're my two favorite places. My watering holes. So now that we've covered all the things going on up to date in the parks, how about that food, Julie? So this week... Uh, I'm calling it What the Fork Foods. So there's a lot of really awesome forky foods that are desserts, actually, that are happening around the Disney parks, and I love them all, and I want to eat all of them, and they are amazing. So thanks to AJ at DisneyFoodBlog.com, we have the down low on all things forky desserts. So at the Ganachery, they have a forky chocolate marshmallow pop. Mm. So if you've ever had any of their marshmallow pops, it's marshmallow dipped in chocolate. This one has a cute little forky on it. It's awesome. Marshmallows and chocolate are delicious. They are. They really are. Next, there is a forky petite cake at Amaretz. It is a chocolate cake brownie mixture layered with chocolate diplomat cream, which is interesting that they name it that because... I can't remember what we called it in pastry school, but it was not that. So, yeah, basically chocolate cream is like a chocolate mousse uh, uh, folded into pastry cream, which is amazing. And so that is what the forky cake, the petite cake at Amaretz is made out of. And it looks like there is a chocolate fondant that is covering the cake. And there is an adorable little forky figurine that's not just forky made out of white chocolate so it looks like the spork itself is made out of white chocolate but then the arms are piped on with frosting and the little legs are made out of fondant as well so it looks really super super cute and i want one so instead of being pipe cleaners for arms they're piped on ha, sugary ha, chocolate ha. goodness you know it next they have the forky cupcake that's at the all-star movies resort which is actually a really impressive... I have to say, the All-Star Resorts have really incredible cupcakes. Huh, did not know that. They had the pineapple one that Amy and I got that was... Oh my god, incredible. So it was a pineapple cupcake with pineapple whipped cream and then this pineapple syrup that came in a syringe-ish sort of thing that you squeezed into the cupcake once you purchased it. Incredible. And then they had a Stitch cupcake that looked phenomenal. So they've, they've actually done a really great job with their cupcakes at the All-Star Resorts. But they have a forky cupcake at the All-Star Movies. And it has a Luxo ball that's made out of white chocolate that's actually really incredible. Because it's... 
a chocolate ball that is hollow. And if anybody has ever made a any sort of sphere out of chocolate, that shit is impressive. And so they make them and they put them on every single one of these cupcakes. Um, and then there is a white chocolate forky plaque that sits on it. And then there is red, blue, and yellow icing piped onto the cupcake. And when you cut it open, it is filled with little non-preal sprinkles that are rainbow and magical. And it's a chocolate cupcake. That sounds amazing because of uh, it sounds like a, a pinata cupcake. Yes. Which I was just watching a video on. They had some sort of pinata cupcake in Disney. Hmm. So kind of like that. But yeah, so you literally cut it open and all these beautiful sprinkles fall out of it. And it looks absolutely incredible. And then they also have a forky hazelnut eclair that they have at the Backlot Express in Hollywood Studios, a.k.a. MGM, a.k.a. the entrance to Star Wars land. But it is, uh, so it has a like chocolate hazelnut filling, which I assume is some sort of Nutella something, but they can't call it Nutella because Disney doesn't own any sort of rice to Nutella. And then on top of the eclair, before they put the, the cute little white chocolate forky that says, I'm homemade, super cute, uh, there is a citrus icing that has some chopped hazelnuts on it. It just sounds amazing. I, I don't know if I'm a little biased because I'm in love with Forky, but all of these desserts sound amazing. It all sounds incredible, and I haven't seen the movie yet. And the Pampered Chef has a Forky spatula that I need to own. Hmm. Needs Is it big? Like a regular spatula? I mean, it's spatula-sized. Cool. Makes sense. So you they use call a it fork. a scraper. Hmm. Bothers like me. Like it scratches, scratches your pot or pan? No, it doesn't do any of those things. Yeah. So on the Backlot Express, I heard that uh, the other day that they're making room for guests to be able to eat there to have more capacity. And that restaurant is known for its memorabilia and, and movie paraphernalia stuff everywhere. And these cages uh, that separate some of the dining spaces. And they're actually removing those cases to make more table space. So if you uh, walk in there one day and you don't see all the fun things, the movie props, that's because they've gotten away from it. And they made more room for those to sit and eat. That's because Disney keeps continuing to ruin MGM. Well, it's no longer a... Uh, movie studio instead of being a part of the movie you're a part of the world so i think that about wraps it up here on this end of our uh of our microphones while i'm down here in florida and julie's up in up in boston massachusetts where they park the cars in harvard yard you can't say it with a british accent is that was that british yeah, you uh, park the car in Harvard Yard. You gotta, you gotta be more aggressive with it. Ah, uh, there you go. That is the most Bostonian thing I've ever said in my entire life. So I think that's gonna wrap it up for this evening's episode of FBI Disney. <laughs> We've had a lot of fun going back and forth with lots of crazy banter, talking about all things Disney. And uh, as right now, because it's like light news, and we could just bullshit all day, and we're not going to waste your time with that. So as things improve and. Uh, I don't know where I'm going with that. 
<laughs> I love you so much. I love you too. Well, I guess that's going to do it for this week's episode of FBI Disney. Thank you so much for tuning in. And don't forget to leave us a review on iTunes if you have Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast app that you use. And remember, as a great Walt Disney once said, when you believe in a thing, believe in it all the way. So hurry back, we would like your Be sure to bring your death certificate.